so you're not going to be able to make it? Yeah, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, so. Do you did you did you see the store? Did you like the shirts? Um, I haven't looked at them yet. Are they from what uh it sounds like Hannah really likes them, so. All right. Well, it's going to be a good episode without you, I suppose. We miss you, Berg. We miss you, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm hoping I'm feeling better. I'm hoping I can get better by Monday or Tuesday. All right, next week, though. Uh, All right, well, let's play the intro. Recorded live at Tox and Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Tox and Tasting Studio, this is Bullhagen. I'm Vicar. Peter's here. Hey, Pete. You are listening to the Clerical Heiress Podcast, the show that shows you what's behind the collar. We had a day scheduled to have Berg here, and then he called last night. He sounded not too good. He said, I can try and come in while he's hacking up something. And I said, no, why don't you stay home? But that's okay. We have a good show for you. I, I kind of feel bad uh, because... One of the things we're doing today is we're launching the Clerical Errors store. Right. And uh, one of one of the things that we're selling on the Clerical Errors store, I'm not sure Berg's going to be happy about. We don't know yet. It is a riff on that. A riff on that t-shirt. So we've got a few awesome designs. Um, and uh, we we did some quality testing on... The t-shirts. Yeah, um, Peter did actually a lot of work on this. He actually had them send five different t-shirt types that yeah. he tested them because we don't. he didn't want these just to be like a standard, just a, yeah, it's just a standard t-shirt. He wanted to be ones that, that people would want to wear because they're comfortable and they, so he actually ordered a bunch and tested out the t-shirts themselves so that they would be ones that you would want to wear. Wow. Yep. Good work. Yep. And we chose we chose what we think is the best one, so we're pretty excited about it. So, uh, if you want to take a look, you can go to store.clericalerrors.org. Is there going to be a, is, is there a link on just a regular Facebook or on our? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll put a link on our Facebook and uh, Twitter, and uh, I'll put a link on the website too. I think. Um, wow, just in time for Christmas. Just in time for Christmas. We got so. mugs. The mugs, I think, are going to be the, the good, the big sellers. I'll be honest. I think those are looking pretty cool. A I, nice. I like that pint glass. I think that's going to go far, too. Yeah, the pint glass is pretty cool. So you can tell us what you're sipping on while you're sipping out of a clerical area's glass. And uh, please know, as we do this, we this is not a money-making venture. Because no. It's... We're, <laughs> we're not making a lot of money on this. <laughs> Um, because we're small quantity, I mean, the prices we list are maybe about about how much it costs to make this stuff. So yep. they're, they're, you're ordering them directly from the place so that we don't have to, we aren't stuck with 50 different t-shirts. Yeah. We don't have the, uh, capacity for some kind of, uh, uh, inventory system. So you buy them and then they make them for you. So it's kind of a win for us, and you guys still get your merch, and it'll it's cool. And so, and and great gift ideas, by the way. Great gift ideas. That tumbler, I think, is really 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 cool. Yeah. So. And and I I do think the riff on that T-shirt is might be high. That might be oh, our top seller. I think that's my favorite shirt. I I I like that picture so much. Uh, that was another fantastic. Uh, Picture from our from Zach, our uh, graphic designer. Um, <laughs> I I like it so much that I made it so you can also buy a poster of it if you want. And then I ordered the poster, and I cannot wait for it to arrive. <laughs> it's That's going good. on my wall. I, and I kind of like the jersey shirt too. That's a little pricey, but yeah, that's it's. I I didn't get to test that one, so hopefully hopefully it's good quality. Uh, but yeah, that's a pretty cool looking one. And uh, will you have a? Uh, Hannah wanted sweatpants available. We'll we'll see if I if I have time. Check back and uh, check back every so often. the The pants might be there. Maybe they're there now. I I'm not sure if I'll have time to get it done. So, 
yeah, we're we're uh, we just saw it as a service to you, because like if you buy a T-shirt, we only make two or three bucks that goes to the show, and yep. so that when you're talking podcast, that's not a lot of money, and we're not going to sell a whole lot. So if you're thinking, oh, clerical airs podcast is sold out. That's, that's, <laughs> it's, as much as we'll, we'll sell though no, no please don't think it that way we just thought <laughs> thought it would be fun for us to do and we have some very dedicated listeners to the show you either you really like it or you don't and i think the people who really like it are very passionate about the show would love some of this stuff so because it's just cool i i told vicar yesterday i think uh the merch might actually be better than the podcast <laughs> i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of dreading i i imagine most of your wardrobe bullhagen is just going to become claire claire's shirts (laughs) and i'm i'm afraid of it you really you really liked you really liked the shirts that we chose too right the the really good ones the the just him one is kind of nuanced but i like it i like that one yeah so Peter, I love the comic stands. Was one Sorry, of those a, a a car sticker or decal? One of those. Yeah, we've got a few of them that you can you can put on your car. So okay. there's some stickers, and there's a couple different sizes. You can either get a um uh three point six by five, or you can get a five by seven. Okay. And yeah, you can put them on your car, or you can put them on your laptop. So yeah, we're really excited about the uh, the merch, and I think you guys will be too. So remember that is store clericalerrors.org you can check out all the merch that we found here all right so vicar uh you and i are both preaching i'm preaching on sunday and you're preaching thanksgiving we'll have yep we'll have a, a call back to a, a chris christian interview good uh, uh that's a thanksgiving tradition now every time we play this interview i'm glad you guys filled me in last time with who that is because i had no idea um and uh well, I will check back with him maybe around Christmas time to see how he's doing. So, um, so uh, this is the last Sunday of the church year, and uh, in the gospel reading for the last Sunday of the church year, we have um, Jesus uh, telling the parable of the of the the ten virgins. So, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps. They took no oil with them, but the wise, t- wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at night there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom, bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you do neither know the day or the hour. So this is uh, a very, uh, uh, really, I think, a simple parable, which is good for the last of the church year because you know how uh, the church year begins with Advent and Christmas, and it ends with the end times for for Jesus returning. And uh, some things we could take, uh, some points we can take home from this lesson. One is, Jesus will come again. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a pretty obvious one, but it's simple, easy to forget sometimes. Jesus will return again. And just because it might seem like it's a long time in coming, it doesn't mean he's not going to come. Because we don't know. We don't know whether it's going to be, how long it's going to be. And, and I like to say, it could be today. Mm. And so there is an urgency to this, to make sure that you're, you know, hearing God's word, that uh you, you go to the Lord's Supper, receive the forgiveness of your sins, that you know exactly where you stand, that uh, there's an urgency even to things like making amends with someone else. Right. Um, because you don't know. You know, you, you always consider, 
in your life that Jesus could return today. And that sometimes comes with how you view sin. We view sin as, well, I'll deal with that later. So a real readiness type of a theme. Right, right. I mean, we, you could get into the nuance of what is oil, and and uh, I'll leave that to the vicars okay. to, to overanalyze it. <laughs> but And we do. You do, right. <laughs> what does it mean to keep your oils, you know? It's being being ready for Jesus to come. Right. And it's not, don't, like, uh, what movie is it where someone had tattooed, uh, uh, Jesus is returning, look busy. It's not about looking busy. Mm. It's it's uh, um, knowing that you are right with him. And, and even if Jesus doesn't come that day, you know, in a sense for everyone there, it could be their last day on earth anyways. Um, a good number of our my funerals aren't necessarily surprises in the sense of of uh, you know an accident or someone young, but many of them are still surprises. Where even if they're older, well, I wasn't planning on having a heart attack today. I wasn't right. planning on having a stroke today, you know, and uh, um, and so uh, to to constantly be ready because the other thing is too is in that setting that situation even as you do get closer to death you f- you face death in a different way knowing that you're ready um and so as as we close out the church here just because Jesus is slow in coming in our own minds doesn't mean that he is not coming and there's another way of looking at it too and that is as we look at this promise the old testament prophets kind of looked at the time that we're in right now as kind of the same time, meaning when they prophesied about the birth of Jesus, immediately on the heels of that was the fulfillment of his return mm-hmm. and uh, the end days and all those things. So for them, it was all kind of the same thing. And that teaches us of what kind of time we're living in now. We're living in those last days today. And, um, and so that is how we look, that is how we prepare, and that is how we consider these things. Vicar, do you have anything to add to that? Well, I, I just really like that imagery too with the bride and the groom or the brides and the groom. That's a, with the virgins there. That's quite a, quite a, a loving way to put it. If you're waiting, it's not, uh, it's not just waiting for God. You're, you're waiting in, in this loving anticipation too, and just yearning for the come of our Lord. Yeah, that's a very gracious way of Jesus putting it, because for the Christian, this is the day that we long for. Mm-hmm. This is a day where we're ready. You know, it's we got we got our wedding garments on. You know, right. we're, we're clothed in the baptism uh, in the name of Jesus, and so for us, it is the the great day that we're waiting for, and and we desire. And that's also a good way of, of thinking about. Um, I think people are actually thinking more about the end of days because they look at our world and say, it's got to be coming soon, right? Right. And that's a good way of, of looking at uh, whether it's social unrest, whether it's the rampant sin, or whether it's anger and rage that we see all over the place, and whether it's COVID. You can look at all those things in this way. You know, the birth pains are getting stronger. The day yep. is getting closer. Jesus said that the turmoil on earth will be getting more intense intense as time goes on. And as we see things getting more intense, it's a reminder that this wedding feast, this great eternal celebration, is a day closer. We're a day closer to that than we were yesterday. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like the, the, the anticipation of a, the jack-in-the-box, so to speak, where each turn, like little closer, a little closer, a little closer. And that's that's a good way to consider our life as as Christians. You know, each day as we see things going on, we're closer. We're closer to that glorious day. We're closer. But in that, it's a reminder to to be ready to to hear God's word, receive His sacraments, to take His word seriously, um, and 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 move on from that. So, well, that's actually a really good segue into what I'm going to preach on Thanksgiving morning. Um, instead of the traditional Thanksgiving text about the ten lepers, I, 
was going to look at the, uh, I'm looking at the text about the parable of the rich fool. And it, it comes with some harvest season type readings for the Old Testament reading. We've got in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 26, the offerings of first fruits and tithes, talking about when you come into the land of inheritance. And then the epistle is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9 about the cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. And then the, the gospel is Luke chapter 12, the parable of the rich fool. And I'll read that here in a moment, but playing off of what you said, if we're really looking forward to the coming of Christ, we should be looking at our earthly possessions uh, with the proper perspective. They're not as important anymore because we're preparing for Christ. And, and with those, we should be using them too to prepare for Christ and help others. So the parable of the rich fool, the reading um, goes like this. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So that... that carries the same kind of thing that we just talked right. about. And it's all about greed and earthly possessions with losing focus on what your heavenly inheritance actually will be. But the opposite of greed is gratitude. So that brings in a good chance to talk about as we're thankful, um, especially like Thanksgiving, we're not just thanking God for our earthly gifts that he gives us, but we can a little bit. But we should be thanking him for the ultimate gifts he's given us in his grace and in his son and the everlasting inheritance. Well, the, the thing about thankfulness is when you ask God for your daily bread, you know, we learn that that teaches us to be thankful for because that daily bread comes from him. Right. And uh, with uh, the the rich fool in, in the text, not only did... Uh, in a sense, that was his God. Yes. That's what he trusted in. And, you know, his God was satisfied. I found a place to put in the sermon a little bit about how we do that, too, with uh, our gods, our possessions. Think of all the big pole barns people build to house their RVs and their boats and their cars and their toys. They're building temples for their idols, in a way. Mm-hmm. So, well, well, thank you, Vicar. Um, now, Peter, wh- where would you like to go? I'm kind of proud of this new project we did today. What do you think of it? I think it's amazing. Uh, we were used to bench press parables. We've had some of those before because I know a lot about that, bench pressing. Well, Vicar has an expertise. What's your expertise? Deer hunting. Deer hunting. And, um, and so uh, as an expert of deer hunting... Uh, I think uh, you put together a nice little thing. We'll see, see how it sounds. Peter, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, begin the, the parable. This is a hunting parable, a story of catching deers and heavenly tears. Hunting comes with a lot of planning and preparation in anticipation of the big day. The opening day of firearm deer hunting season. For many, the planning begins with thinking about all the things you need to do to be ready for that big day. In the beginning, 
The preparation looks a lot like this, many months prior. You scout out an area to hunt, looking for deer sign, for buck rubs on saplings and little pines. Set out trail cameras and get a snapshot of the big one as he's cruising for gals. Purchase hunting license, we call these kill tanks. Sight in your hunting guns, you want a kill shot on this year's wall hanger. How many points did that thing have? Did you see Start that? growing out that beard. No shave November. Why not start already in September? You're not worried about attracting the ladies. It's deer season. As you get closer, it looks a little more like this. By now you'll have trail cam picks, so you can make your hit list. Show them off to hunters, friends, family, and coworkers. Really, anyone that asks or is willing to listen for even a second. Purchase more gear and supporting items. Doe and buck urine, sense killing spray, shampoo, deodorant, and detergent. Bullets and batteries, beer and hand warmers, jerky and snacks. Don't forget, plenty of bottled water. The week before that annual holiday, Set up your blinds, call up your buddies for deer camp plans, lying just a bit about what's on your trail cams. Discuss the menu and who's bringing chili, air out your camo, blaze orange and boots, reveal last year's pictures, oh what a hoot. Pack up your field bags, licenses, hand warmers, gloves and stockings, dough and buck urine, snacks, bullets and jerky, Knives, bullets, rattling horns and grunt tubes, dough bleak cans, water, teepee, and binoculars. Pack up your vehicle, guns, camel clothes, blaze orange and boots, rope, sled, phone charger and luggage, playing cards, beer, cooler, and hatchet. And the night before, as you head off to camp, throw ice in the cooler, and head out to meet the boys, recall memories, drink beer, and play euchre. If you're at home, you'll be too excited for sleeping, thinking of bucks, does, and sticks creaking. Pray for a frost, better yet for some snow. You want easy tracking and no wind to blow. The morning of, you jump out of bed, get dressed and have breakfast, coffee and go. Drive to your spot, spray off your clothes, put blaze orange on, guns locked and loaded. Sneak to your blind and quietly crack the windows. Just as your eyes begin to adjust, the horizon will glow, daylight's a must. You'll hear the sun rise from distant guns roaring, watching and waiting, though it gets boring. Just then, a buck steps into view, Put gun sights on them, and the rest is old news. Yet heavenly tears will flow. You know, as I think about this, it's a lot like preparing for Christmas. The preparation is quite similar as we prepare for the big day. Preparation and planning begins months in advance. Christmas card and gift lists, it's quite a dance. For pastors, there's service planning, midweek services, add extra sermons, hymn lists and readings and liturgy. You set your sights on the advent of Christ, clothe yourself in anticipation, pick out, purchase your Christmas best. Some scout out their spots early in church because this is the time of year. Hang up decorations, wreaths and garland, Put up the trees with ornaments and lights. Listen to music and watch Christmas movies. Bask in the smells of Christmas season. Evergreen, cinnamon, sugar cookies, and gingerbread. As you get closer, cards start to roll in. Family photos, even matching pajamas. Looks like it's on, let the competition begin. Start Christmas shopping and make sure you're ready. You don't want to end up 
like Uncle Eddie. Write the annual family letter to boast in your blessings. Show up your neighbors because your life is better. The week before, call up your family. Lock in travel plans. Make sure visits will be dandy. Choir and concerts, rehearsals and plays. Everyone's practicing for the big day. Volcano. 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 Isn't that nice, deer hunter? Preparing for the deer hunt, isn't it just killing deer? I've got a novel idea. Instead of preparing for a deer hunt, preparing for Christmas, why don't you actually prepare for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ? Why don't you hear God's law with an open and honest heart? You brood of vipers, rend your heart and not your garment. Do you think that when the Almighty Son of God comes, he cares whether your cookies are frosted or not? The King is coming. Make straight highways the paths to God. COVID, sin rampant, wickedness controlling our minds. There isn't enough tinsel in the world to cover all that mess. Here's an idea. Take your brewski advent calendar, knock them all back in one night, and realize that every time your heart beats, the devil, your sinful nature, and the sinful world seek to rob you of your eternity and give you hell. So prepare in repentance, like the cry of a baby. Unless someone comes to save, I am dead. I am dead. Then rejoice that that king came born in a manger to save you. And the king is coming again to bring you home. This has been Hunting Parables, stories of catching deers and heavenly tears. Boy, that took a turn, Vicar. Not what I expected. <laughs> yeah, that you came. We had this idea of doing this deer hunt parable because that's what you like, and you. And I told Peter he can probably come up with about twenty of these, and uh, and and when he brought it in, just like kind of a sermon. Sometimes he wasn't. For, you weren't very confident, were you? No, not quite sure about it. Right, because it was missing something. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and like I sometimes do with a sermon where you come in, you're like, I like it, but it's missing something. And I, I uh, then kind of pinpointed what it needed. I think it w- turned out just right. It works now. Because when people think about preparing an Advent, what do they think about? All the stuff. All the things you got to do. Which actually clouds their minds and gives them less mental energy to actually do what Advent is. And uh, learning and growing and preparing, you know, put your, your, that's why you hear a lot from the prophets, for example, in Advent, because they're all yearning for the coming of our Lord Jesus and, uh, and holding on to his promises. And, uh, and uh, we think that sometimes Advent is just about preparing for Christmas. Well, you know, should, should be every week, right? Yeah. Every week, every day you're preparing for the Lord's day. Right. And Advent, a little intensity, too. I mean, you, who do you hear? What's the voice you hear a lot? You hear John the Baptist a lot, mm-hmm. right? Um, next Sunday, we'll hear of, of Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. That's a pretty intense situation. He's riding in to be the Passover lamb to take away our sins. And we hear of John the Baptist, you know, calling us out of our sins and, and pointing us to Christ in a desperation way, Um and uh, I think we forget that sometimes. We get so wrapped up in everything else that has to happen. We actually forget this is about preparing for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Making sure your lamp is filled with? Oil. Oil. That's right. So good job, Vicar. Uh, listener, let us know what you think. Is there a topic you'd like for us to cover in a parable, whether a bench press parable or a deer hunt parable? Vicar, where could they get a hold of us? Well, they could email us, feedback at clericalerrors.org. They can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, Or they can find us on Twitter at clericalerrorsp. At me, bro. And if they'd like to donate, they can do that on Patreon. We've got a link on our website. And Peter, what about the new store? Where can they 
find that link. Yep, that's store.clericalerrors.org, or it should be on our website. So, uh, Vicar, last time you were introduced to Pastor Chris Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there was another part of the interview that we did around Thanksgiving time, and uh, um, and uh, I thought it was a, a pretty good interview where where he was thankful, and uh, he had this new mission he was working on. Okay. Now, remember, he is a pastor of Just Him a Christian Church in Port Berlin, Oklahoma. To him be the glory. To him be the glory. The fastest growing uh, church in all of Oklahoma, tripled in size. Wow. Their children's program uh, grew immensely, exponentially, you might say. And, uh, well, I, I talked to him early, later about this new uh, Thanksgiving project he had, and uh, I liked uh, to go and have you get a chance to listen to that. So, Peter, want to go ahead and play that? Sure. I have with me on the Toxic Tastings Studio Hotline, Pastor Chris Christian, the pastor of the fastest growing church in Oklahoma, Just Him Christian Church in Port Berlin, Oklahoma, Exit 258. If you heard our last interview, you know that it, the church has tripled in its size, and not only that, its children's ministry has grown exponentially. And uh, now that I've gotten to know you, uh, Pastor Christian, uh, I consider you a friend. Your, um, I would call it a mission statement. Um, I know you probably like mission statement. Yes, I do. Your mission statement, no theology, just Jesus. Yes, Pastor Bullhagen. I would, I would not only call it a mission statement, but I would actually call it a way of life. To him be the glory. So, so how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Bullhagen. To him be the glory. I must admit, Pastor Christian, that since our last interview, our listenership in Oklahoma, and I'm not not even kidding about this, has grown, yes, even tripled in size. Actually, I am not that surprised. I kind of have that golden touch, Bullhagen. To him be the glory. So, uh... Pastor, how was your Thanksgiving? It was wonderful. Just wonderful. We started a new ministry there at Exit 258. It's called Just Him and Turkey. Well, explain. You know, the holidays can be a difficult time. For example, maybe you have memories of past Thanksgivings where argument at the dinner table made you sad, or... Perhaps you had to work overtime on Thanksgiving because there was an early bird Black Friday sale at Payless Shoes for their BOGO sale. That's buy one pair, get one pair free. Or maybe you have a crippling opioid addiction. Well, that sounds kind of personal. No, it's not personal at all to him, me the glory. Because of this, I wanted to reconnect with others this holiday season, him be the glory. And God laid it on my heart to help. And uh, I woke up in the middle of the night. It just came to me. You know, I was thinking of just Jesus. And I like turkey. It came to me. Just Jesus and turkey. Just Jesus and turkey? How it works is this. You just give me 30 minutes to talk about Jesus, and you get some turkey. Oh, yeah, and mashed potatoes and green bean casserole pie. No, 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 Bullhagen. You don't understand. Just Jesus and turkey. So you talk for 30 minutes about Jesus, and then you give them some turkey? It sounds like you're selling a timeshare. But besides that, how do you talk about Jesus for 30 minutes without talking about anything theological? How do you stay true to your mission statement, just Jesus, no theology? Well, the first thing I do is I assess what that person truly needs, and I I get to know that person. Some might need encouraging some maybe have family trouble or 
Some perhaps have mental illness. Some uh, are bored. Some need healing. And then, once I assess what they need, then I give them Jesus. If I'm going to be honest here, Pastor Christian, it sounds like Santa Claus. You know, you're going to help them or pray to Jesus for whatever they want, and uh, maybe they'll get what they want, and you just throw the name Jesus in there? Boy, can I take offense at that? Santa Claus does not collect offering to him be the glory. So how'd it go? Your uh, Just Jesus and Turkey uh, mission. Well, I found out that uh, when people during the holiday season stop at a rest stop, they're at exit 258. On the holidays, they're actually in a hurry. And people thought uh, just turkey was not enough to, to give me that 30 minutes of their time. And remember, I was giving them Jesus, too. Oh, the Lord's Supper? No. Just Jesus. Anyways, my mom and Sawyer and the kids have gotten a lot of turkey since then. It's kind of funny. Um, they, the children ask, um, um, what's for dinner? And my, my mom lovingly says, just Jesus and turkey. <laughs> oh, well, it sounds like uh, another mission opportunity. Uh, thank you, Bullingham. I, I, I gotta go. All right. Bye. Well, that was Pastor Chris Christian, the pastor of Just Him Christian Church, the fastest growing church in Oklahoma. So, huh? you get any ideas, Vicar, for when, when you're a pastor? Oh, man. Just Jesus and Turkey. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. All right. So, Peter, I am out of ideas. <laughs> We don't have it. Is that all we had prepared? <laughs> How much time do we have? Man, we were uh, really banking on Berg, huh? We just, we've got yeah. 20 minutes to kill. Uh. <laughs> well, if we can't come up with anything, I can dig into my bag of tricks here. Um, here, I've got, a, yeah, I've got to compound, compound the clerics. Does that work for you? Sure. Peter. Play the intro. <laughs> Confound the clerics. All right, so this one, this one's a couple months old now. It was on the LCMS subreddit, um, and the there is a post on there that says, "Could an LCMS pastor serve in the church while holding an analogical view of creation?" I am currently a theology student coming from a Reformed tradition interested in converting to Lutheranism. As my major probably indicates, I feel a call to pastoral ministry, but I'm unsure of whether I fall within acceptable LCMS doctrine. I have come to believe that the Book of Concord is a truthful interpretation of Scripture, but it seems the LCMS has a strong stance on the literal six-day interpretation of Genesis in addition to this. To be clear, I believe in creation ex nihilo from nothing uh, a literal adam and eve and the primeval introduction of original sin however i do not believe the first chapters of genesis ought to be interpreted literally any advice would be appreciated okay so the first thing i would say to uh this person is um you're kind of making a, a quick jump there you're kind of going from, I'm not Lutheran yet, and I will, now I want to be a Lutheran pastor. Um, right. I, I would say, first of all, take some time to actually be involved within a, a Lutheran congregation and, and really get to know it a little better before you you'd kind of dive into to the seminary situation. You, you need to, to have some just time to wrestle with it because... Uh, you're at a time where everything's kind of new, and um, not that you haven't given a lot of thought to it, I'm sure you have, but um, um, that's not a lot of time to just go go from, I'm not even Lutheran yet, to, I want to go to the seminary. 
So the first thing I would say is give it some time. The second thing I would say in answering your question is this. There is a whole host of um, things within the doctrine of creation that becomes very, very important. For example, um, when then actually does sin enter? Now, when when uh, we read in Genesis that sin, when sin entered, that's when death entered. Um, sin is death. God told Adam and Eve, if you eat, God told Adam, excuse me, if you eat, you will surely die. die. And so there was no death until the fall into sin. That's the first thing. And with that in mind, you know, to believe in the evolution mind frame, Adam and Eve were actually there as a result of survival of the fittest and death. And so it would become very hard to have that understanding with evolution. That and, and this, this aspect, too. Um, when, then, do we have a human soul? Now, if you look at evolution from this point of view, to say, okay, Adam and Eve were the first humans to evolve, you could say, but then, if you think about it, there were other almost human <laughs> figures who would have been there within the very process. So let's say Adam and Eve were the first humans. Well, what about their cousins? It, it, it brings up a whole host of things that can confuse the doctrine of humanity, who we are, that we are, that we have souls. When did we go from a monkey with soul? or an almost human without a soul to someone with a soul. That's another issue when, that when you start talking about evolution and the literal understanding, it actually comes with a lot of doctrine as well. And so that's one of the big issues that I think you would wrestle with because it is a slippery slope to go from, well, my understanding of science says this. Well, it becomes a slippery slope because then you all of a sudden you start talking about the miracles. Well, I believe the miracles happened. Well, I've never seen it scientifically. I can't scientifically prove it, just like I can't scientifically um, prove evolution or can't scientifically prove the miracles. And so from a, if you look at from a church history point of view, it becomes very hard to reject the six-day creation and also uphold many of the other things in Scripture that we find that are supernatural. And that that becomes an issue too. But if you're just going on the fact that we have a strong doctrine on original sin, evolution does not match up well with the idea of original sin. Uh, if you talk about man be create, being created in the image of God, that becomes problematic too when you think of of that. When you think of the effects of sin, how sin changed everything from Adam and Eve uh, to, uh, you know, by the sweat of the brow, uh, you will bring your food. Evolution would say, well, that's not true, because obviously through the survival of the fit, it was hard all along before you even got to Adam and Eve. Right. And so, all of those things come into play. And if you think, well, I don't believe in that miraculous given of life to Adam and Eve, well, then how can you believe in the miraculous resurrection where he takes us from the dust and gives us life again and brings us to heaven? Which the Bible calls new creation. So it tying that to the first creation. And so my advice to you then as you think about this is to reconsider that and see how it actually beautifully plays into the understanding of who we are as Christians and allow the faith and the Word of God to actually... Part of faith is challenging what you currently believe. Part of faith is understanding that there is a will and a wisdom beyond your own, something that the scientific community has trouble holding on to and understanding, that there is a will and a knowledge greater than your own. Um, when when it's the idea of we are the smartest ones, we know all the answers. Um, and where and faith is, is different. Faith is challenging what 
the natural world will say, what you say, what you think, what you feel about things. That's what faith is. And so this is something I believe before you um, decide to maybe go to a seminary and become an, a pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, these are the things that you will have to wrestle with because you will find that it, it becomes harder and harder for those two ideas, whether it's a rejection of the six-day creation, it's hard to find churches that they hold to the rejection of the six-day creation and also the miracles and also the resurrection and also the last day. So you really have to think about before you come become a pastor, you know, am I... Because there are consistencies there that it really is hard to, to, to kind of take both views. Now, not your mind, it isn't yet, but the more you delve, I can say this, you delve into this as a pastor and you deal with these things as a pastor, the more it does become important in my work as a pastor. Vicar, would you like to have anything to say about that? Well, you mentioned that consistency and, 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 and the miracles and even the things like the global flood and worldwide flood and the, the Red Sea parting. And uh, I would suggest, too, going back and, and studying John 1 and, and looking at what, what they're teaching about Jesus also being from the beginning and, and the doctrine of the Trinity, because all of this is interlinked, and I, I don't see how you can just carve out pieces to believe and not believe. And from a historical point of view, as you look at the Lutheran Church, Missouri City, this is an issue that we have wrestled with. And we have uh, dealt with with a very unified voice. And so um, bear in mind, it, 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 it does matter. So I would encourage you before you were to become a pastor in this church and go to the seminary, one, to, to just be involved with that church first. Two, um, to really wrestle with these things as well. So, And there's so many resources, whether from CPH or things like Answers in Genesis, that have tackled those very issues. Mm -hmm. You know, I deal, you know, I teach this in confirmation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I talk about various ways that uh, maybe evolution isn't what it's cracked up to be anyways. So Now, some would say, you say, we, said, we talk about literal day, right? Um, and we talk about evolution versus creation kind of thing. What about the literal day versus figurative day? Where I would, the usage I would, of the term day maybe doesn't mean that it is 24 hours. The Hebrew word used Yom. in scripture does mean a literal day. That's not used elsewhere to talk about an era or a period of time. And, and, and I would say, too, that still, do you notice that even when I addressed um the, the, the why evolution would have its struggle with creation, that, that was independent upon how long the day was. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about, well, when did death occur? When did we get a human soul? That, that still is independent upon how long a day actually is. And so, so everything that I point out, I brought out, was irregardless of how long the day was, even though Scripture does say, use the word yom, which in every case elsewhere is used as one day. Um, and just to make sure that's reinforced, they haven't, and there was evening and there was morning on the first day and second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth. So they make sure the Bible makes it clear it's a literal 24-hour day. And just like God resting on the, the seventh day as well. Right. That, that everything, there's a rhythm to that. And yep. if you just make it an, you know, uh, an allegory, or something like that. That's what they do with the resurrection, by the way, all the time. There are a lot of sermons, you can go listen to where you hear. It's not actually whether Jesus rose from the dead or not. The whole idea is from desperate situations, God can make good things happen, and, and all sorts of cheesy ways to make the resurrection really not about him rising from the dead, when it is. And so when you talk about being the resurrection, being recreated, all those things, all those things really talk about in a literal form. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we talk about the Jesus' return, that glorious day, and how quickly things change there, how souls rise up from the ground, 
uh, and are alive and all those things. That takes the same kind of miracle that we see in uh, in creation. And, uh, you know, one thing I will say is, is to me, it, it really would be hard-pressed for me to think about how complex we are and how complex an individual cell is to think that on its own in a mud pile somehow life could come to be and you know i know i've probably discussed that before here but i think to believe in the other way is takes a lot of faith as well you have to believe in what the science tells you and there's lots of things like the complexity of life the complexity of an individual cell that can reproduce technology that we don't understand still to this day, a technology that we can't replicate, that somehow it was supposed to happen on its own. Um, and if you say, well, okay, well, I gave the fact that maybe in evolution those first cells were given by a miracle of God, I would say, why stop there? Right. If it needed God to create the living cell, doesn't it also need God for the first animal and human life to come as God directed? And so, so I would I would encourage you to wrestle with this and to to look at the logical conclusions that come from denying the six day creation. All right. I think anything that's enough, else. Pete. Anything else you want to talk about? Not really. Not really. Well, we're all out of content, I guess. So. Uh... I don't know. What are you guys doing on Thanksgiving? Well, we're going down to see you, Pete. That's right. What about you, Vicar? We're gonna. We were invited to join a, a former vicar here, who's now a pastor, and uh, one of the members here um, have think uh, a widow. We're all having Thanksgiving with her. Well, that'll be fun. Oh, uh, Lingards. Yep. Yep. Well, that sounds well. What are you thankful for, Peter? I'm thankful that I was able to get the store up in time for Christmas. Because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. How about you, Vicar? What are you thankful for? Oh, so many things. But keeping a, a heavenly perspective, I'm thankful that my daughters are being raised in the faith because it's it's such a pleasure seeing them grow in that and and they have good questions and and they're they're doing well in in school and in confirmation, as you know, and Pastor Berg knows. So that's my biggest joy. Of course, I'm also thankful for hunting, and health, and family things. And I'm thankful to our listeners. <laughs> You're such a saint. <laughs> and I'm thankful for Berg. Although we missed him again today, uh, I am looking forward to having him back. So, all right. That being said, I'm Bullhagen. I'm Vicar. And may your catching deers bring heavenly tears. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at P for podcast, or email us at feedback at Thanks for listening to Clerical Airs. See you next time.